No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into His Hardline. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. This is the only place where you're going to get God and Jesus Christ mixed in with a little true history of America, mixed in with instructions on how to assemble your nation. We're here to implement solutions that will help restore this republic. But most importantly, we're also here to help America and the rest of the world to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. It's time to take back our nation. It's time to take back our world, ladies and gentlemen. And you can find us here six out of the seven days a week. So be sure to share this with your friends and family. Don't forget, don't forget. Sovereignty itself is, of course, not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. Welcome to His Heart Line, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Woo! <laughs> yeah! Let's get rocking. All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and happy new year wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host on this Sunday, January 1st, 2023. That is right. We are in the first day of the new year, at least so we've been told. I don't know. Until we learn otherwise, I guess we're going to keep celebrating New Year's on uh, this time of year. Um, but uh, anyways, I keep hearing and seeing different things and people saying, and, and this actually makes a lot of sense. I keep hearing how our New Year's actually is when spring rolls around, when the first you know foliage and green green sprouts and stuff starts you know coming out. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, and if actually if you think about it, if you look at the month of December, November, October, um, I don't know about September, but if you look at the root words of those three months, October, Octa, Octa, Octagon, eight, technically being the eighth month, November, Nueve, right, nine, Nueve, the ninth month, and then <clears throat> and then you got December, Desi. Desi, December, right? So makes me wonder why January and February was added. Because, if, I mean, it's really weird how February only has 28 days. And then every fourth year you got the 29th. I mean, where'd that come from? You know what I mean? And so, yeah, it makes me wonder. January, I think January and February are both false months, but that's just me. But then you keep hearing from other people out there. There's people saying, oh, but there's 13 months, actually. It's not really 12, it's 13 months, which I call BS on because, again, because words matter. When you look at the root word of October, November, and December, octa, nueve, desi, you know, 
So I call BS on the 13 month uh, thing. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, what do we really know? So happy new year either way. I don't care what, when we celebrate, it's going to be a new year eventually between now and March. So, uh, but uh, I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host and they are the ones in charge. They are the ones in the captain's chair. They are at the seat, the hot seat. They're behind the wheel and therefore they're steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. So I hope everybody had a good, safe weekend. Hope nobody got hung over or drank too much. <laughs> but uh, I know me and the family, we just stayed home. We didn't have anybody over. We didn't go anywhere. We did not get obliterated. We just stayed home. We watched movies. We didn't really do a whole lot. We ordered some food from, uh, well, we were trying to order food from a uh, a couple places, but be, you know, that are local, locally owned, but because of the simple fact that with it being new year's, they weren't taking online orders. So we kind of had to result to Buffalo wild wings because there's one place called Booyah's, which is a local joint and they have great wings, great everything. And so we were trying to order some things from there, but didn't work out so well. So we had to go with the, uh, you know, big corporate chain called Buffalo wild wings. And I really wanted wings. I didn't really want any garbage. So, so anyways, but yeah, that was our new year's. We didn't do much watch movies, had a few cocktails, but we didn't get crazy. So, you know, it's uh, once you hit your 30s, it's like, pfft, you just want to go to bed at like 9, 10 o'clock. You know, it's like, eh, why do I want to watch a big stupid ball drop? You know, but anyway, hope everybody had a great weekend. So today on this episode 405, we're going to be reading the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 39 here. And uh, we'll have a little discussion. And today's little uh, discussion is, uh, we in 2023, what are we going to be doing in 2023? Well, I'll tell you what, there are five different things. I saw this online and I thought this was pretty interesting. Five ways to start fresh in 2023, whenever that start date might actually be. But I like this one, pray and meditate daily, which today I was praying to God, you know, our heavenly father. And I stood outside barefoot in our yard grounding for at least 20 minutes. And our ground is pretty cold, but, um, you know, I, I, I found that if you just stood there in that one spot for about two, three, four minutes, the ground quickly warmed up and, uh, it was actually all right. So yeah, pray and meditate daily. Number two, eliminate toxic people from your life. My wife and I have already been doing that and we're going to continue to do that. Number three, exercise at least two to three times a week. That's something that we were doing and then we fell off the wagon but we're going to start that up again. Number four, add the word no to your vocabulary. See, that's a hard one for a lot of people. People have a hard time saying no. You need to say no. The Bible even says it. Let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Don't be afraid to say no. Don't make a commitment when you're not 100% in it in your heart. Okay? If somebody asks you to do something and you're just not quite feeling it, for whatever reason, don't say yes, because you want to be a people pleaser. No, say, I'd love to help you, but unfortunately I'm just going to have to decline. I can't No. You don't have to give them a reason either. And don't say sorry. That's one thing my wife has gotten way better at. You don't have to say sorry for telling somebody that you're not going to do something. They don't need a reason. Sorry, but I, I just can't. I wish I could, but I can't. Sorry. Or excuse me, don't say sorry. <laughs> See, there I go. See, because I'm guilty of it too. 
but don't say sorry. Learn the word no. And number five, which honestly should be number one, I don't know why this is a number one, but um, we're going to move this to number one. Trust God with everything. <clears throat> you got to trust God with everything. Everything. So I thought that was kind of a cool little list. Um, here's something else that's kind of been interesting. These last three days, and, and somebody pointed this out online. Actually, I saw this on TikTok. That the last three days have been almost kind of like a really crazy timeline shift. Now, I don't know what's been going on, but you have the arrest of Andrew Tate and his brother. And if some of you don't know who Andrew Tate is, you're probably not on TikTok, but Andrew Tate is, uh, you know, he's just some, uh, I honestly think he's just a trafficking individual because he exploits women online. And so apparently him and his brother, I guess, got arrested for, um, I guess, holding an American and I believe a British woman against her will. I can't remember. Two, two women, young women, I think but held them against their will. But that's their business, I guess, at least Andrew's business. They, they exploit women online. Um, <clears throat> then you have the arrest of Orlando Brown. I guess he's a, uh, I'm not sure exactly who that is. I kind of saw his pictures. I think he's somebody that was like a Nickelodeon star, I guess, at one point on that show, That's So Raven, I guess. You had the former Pope die. You had Barbara Walters die which both of them were in their 90s. So, I mean, does that really surprise anybody? Kanye West is missing. Nobody knows where the heck he's at. Britney Spears is missing. Not really a big tear, you know, jerker there. Nobody knows where Britney Spears is. And then you got Jeffree Star exposing the Illuminati. I mean, what in the sand heck is going on here? There is a lot of craziness. And you know what else is interesting? Not that long ago, I saw a TikTok video, and again, I don't know if it's the real Will Smith, but there was a, a video of Will Smith uh, seemingly um, walking or hiking in the uh, Antarctic. Why is, why is Will Smith down in Antarctica? What is his reasoning for hiking? And don't tell me for hiking. I'm sorry. You don't just hike in Antarctica. That is not the that is the most least desirable place. Where are these people? Are good guys getting them? Are bad guys getting them because they're exposing the cabal? I mean, who knows? But what we do know is that there is definitely a war going on. There is a revolution going on. And right now there is a battle of information, which is one of the hardest things to maneuver through. We need to really watch the information that we're reading, that we're hearing. Always double, triple check your information yes and that includes this podcast too i'm not here to try to deceive you but sometimes i can even get it wrong unknowingly which at that point i also rely on people to send me an email or send me a private message and say hey jason by the way i think you're actually incorrect on that which by the way if that is the case and you need to send me an email it is jmjdirect at gmail.com or at protonmail.com. Again, JMJ, JMJ, 
direct, D-I-R-E-C-T, at gmail.com or protonmail.com. So feel free to email me with a question or if you're trying to figure out how to get involved with your local you know, state assembly um, or if there's a correction. Maybe I said something that was incorrect and you happen to have, you know, evidence and proof of that. Like, uh, Jason, I think you got this wrong. I am perfectly open to that. So, um, but yeah, it's just really interesting. Where are these people? Why is Will Smith down in Antarctica? I don't know. I just don't know. There's a lot of stuff, maybe a lot of distractions. I don't know. But that's why, like I said, we want to keep it straight assembly, straight God here at his hard line. So I got a couple sound play pieces we're going to play here in a little bit. But first, let's get to the reading. So today, again, Isaiah chapter 39. And I'm going to be reading out of the New American Standard Bible. And this is actually a very short chapter, only eight verses, very, very short. And it reads, At that time, Merodach, Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a gift to Ezekiel. For he heard that he had been sick and had recovered. Ezekiel was pleased and let them see all his treasure house, the silver, the gold, the balsam oil, the excellent olive oil, his entire armory, and everything that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his house nor in all his realm that Ezekiel did not let them see. Then Isaiah, excuse me, then Isaiah, the prophet, came to King Ezekiel and said to him, What did these men say, and from where did they come to you? And Ezekiel said, They came to me from a far country, from Babylon. Then he said, What have they seen in your house? So Ezekiel answered, They have seen everything that is in my house. There is nothing among my treasuries that I have not let them see. Isaiah then said to Ezekiel, Hear the word of the Lord of armies. Behold, the days are coming when everything that is in your house and what your fathers have stored up to this day will be carried to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. And some of your sons who will come to, from you, whom you will father, will be also taken away. And they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Ezekiel said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good, for he thought... For there will be peace and truth in my days. And that is the reading of Isaiah chapter 39, verses 1 through 8. So, <clears throat> looks like we're talking about a response to life, responding to life in a way. And King Ezekiel responded in an amazing way to God's judgment. And he praised him. He made no attempt to justify his decision, but instead he, he committed himself to God's wisdom, trusting that the Lord knows what is best. And even more amazingly, the king focused not on the judgment, but on the grace found within the judgment, namely that it would be that it would not come during his lifetime. Now, when when troubles come our way, we have a blessed opportunity to find God in a bad news, in bad news. And not many people can meet a declaration of destruction with praises because, I mean, let's be honest, that'd be a pretty hard thing to do when you when you see such things take you know take place. How how can you praise things when it looks like you got death and destruction around you? But <clears throat> you know, again, how can we have such a positive attitude? But we got to remember, 
back to that list of five things that we need to do going forward in 2023. We need to trust God with everything. Why? Because God is righteous. God is holy. And yes, God is just. And when we trust that God knows best, then we can look past the pain and suffering of a situation to find the divine will. Now, once we can see how God will turn a bad situation into an instrument of his will, then at that point we can praise him for the work that he is doing and will be continuously doing. Why did Bethany Hamilton have to lose her arm? Well, to inspire and encourage millions of people. What's the point, Jason? Well, we can let our circumstances dictate our responses or we can overcome our situations with praise and by seeking God's divine will. Even in the midst of great grief and through our faith, God can provide joy and peace, a miracle that surpasses all understanding. We need to trust in his ways and lean not to your own understanding. Again, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in his ways and lean not to your own understanding. Seek his will and you will be able to endure whatever the world has in store. It's a very hard thing for a lot of people to do. Sometimes it's challenging for me too. I'll be honest with you, it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. But as we break this down verse by verse, now as we look at verse 1. Now in an act of diplomacy, Babylon sends letters and presents and presents to Hezekiah. While this appears to be a gesture of friendship, history... And the following verses reveal that this is a trip of espionage. Verse 2. So, instead of cautiously considering this embassy, Ezekiel welcomes them with open arms. Now, compared with Joshua 9, 1-16, through 16, one should always inquire of the Lord as to how one should respond to a situation. Because... Rash judgments, especially those made because of flattery, often lead to bad decisions. And in this case, Ezekiel shows all the secrets of his house, tempting Babylon to come and take his riches. Never want to do that. Verse 3, you know, so after the king had committed this folly, the prophet comes bearing the word from God. In Second Chronicles 32 31 makes it very abundantly clear that God wants to test Hezekiah's heart. And so God will sometimes be silent during one's trials to see how one will respond. He wants to expose to oneself whatever is in one's heart. And Ezekiah openly admits his folly, showing that he does not recognize that what he has done is wrong. So as we kind of look at 5 and 7, 5 through 7, verses 5 through 7, after Ezekiel confesses unwittingly, God announces a judgment, thus condemning the king's decision. And God says that everything Ezekiel had shown to the delegates will be taken away. Instead of keeping wisely his goods, Ezekiel had shown them to the world, and now the world will have them. So whatever gifts or goods one has, they are a precious gift from the Lord and should be thus treated with the utmost respect and consideration. 
And so as Jesus said, do not cast your pearls before the swine. Yeah, you could find that in Matthew 7, 6. Do not cast your pearls before swine. Hezekiah does not argue against the Lord. And now recognizing his error, he submits himself to the judgment of God. The Lord has perfect wisdom and understanding. It's pointless to argue that his judgments are unfair. Ezekiah acknowledges his guiltiness, but also praises God at the same time. He realizes that even in God's judgment, there is grace, for he will not have to bear the consequences of his decision, but God may delay the consequences of a bad decision to spare a believer if he sees it will perform his divine will. And so other times, one must endure the consequences immediately, though. In this case, God may be sparing Ezekiel from immediate judgment because he is a faithful servant to God. These events occurred directly after his miraculous healing, in which it is made clear that Ezekiel has repented of his sins. God knows that while Ezekiel wants to serve God, his descendants will turn from him, but thus Ezekiel, who is retentive, is spared the consequences while those who will come after him, who will not repent, will bear them. Very, very important lesson. Now, we'll be right back here in a few seconds while we continue the next part of this show. And so just stick around. I'm going to take a sip of water. We'll be right back. So, so again, I hope everybody had a excellent New Year's. Not sure if anybody out there is going through the whole New Year resolution thing. See, my wife and I, we've already started kind of doing things already that one would kind of typically wait for January 1st to do. But, you know, we're going to just ramp it up even further. And one of those things is uh, cleanse and purge things out of the house that really aren't Christ-centered. They don't really bring us joy. They don't have any type of purity to them. And so that's one of the biggest things that we've been doing. Yes, that includes food. That includes using plastics. Um, You know, if it hurts the body temple that God gave us, uh, it's gone. Um, If it's bad food, it's gone. If it's uh, something that might be text in a book that does not promote the word of God or, you know, um, anything like that, it's gone. You know, so um, that's really the biggest thing. So one of the biggest things that I'm hoping that we, the people here in 2023 can do going forward is ultimately get all 50 states 
we are at 16. We were at 14 for a while. Then we had Oregon. Then Illinois put out public notice. Now it's just a matter of time to see who's going to be lucky number 17. Who is going to be the 17th state? See, we need 38 states in order to do what we need to do in order to get the power truly back to the people. And then we could tell DC and the corporate government to go pound sand. Your services are no longer needed. Well, what services are those, Jason? Well, those are the 19 essential services that the military hired out to the Virginia company, which turned their company name into the United States Corporation. Those are the 19 essential services to kind of maintain governance until the people come back into power. Well, while they were in power, they basically have usurped that power and have pretty much turned the people into subjects and enemies of the state, ultimately. And so the reason we assemble is to get back the rightful power that we so stupidly left, you know, uh, back in 1861 when, uh, you know, Congress got irritated because Abraham Lincoln became president when he shouldn't have been because again, he held a title of nobility. He was an attorney. Therefore, according to the original 13th amendment, he was not allowed to be, uh, he was not allowed to hold any office, not just president, but any office. And so enough people got irritated and they, they, uh, they left, they abandoned their seats and they did not adjourn and they could not adjourn properly because they didn't have enough of a quorum to adjourn. So now what we had at that point in time was a constitutional crisis. And so now because of everything that we're seeing happen today is because of what had taken place back then. And obviously much further beyond that. I mean, it goes much further than that. But because of the simple fact that Congress did not adjourn properly, therefore, you know, their session went signed die, which basically means to um, they left, they abandoned their seats without setting a time, a date and a location to readjourn. And that's a big problem. It's a very big problem. And meanwhile, the United States Corporation, they did everything they could to keep hiding the truth from us because they thought, wow, you know what? This is great. If we could just keep ourselves in power, we can rape and pillage the pockets of the American people, tax them without representation, Basically turn them into subjects like as if we were living in old school, you know, England. Being serfs and subjects to the, you know, crown. And so how do you try to keep people enslaved in that way? Well, you hide the truth. You see, masters that owned slaves back then never taught their slaves how to read. Because again, if they learned how to read, they would, they would start educating them, themselves and start figuring out how to escape their matrix, if you will, that labyrinth. Well, you look at it in modern day, sure, we have education, we know how to read, but let's not forget, and I believe it was the Rockefellers that promoted the institutions of public schools teach 
teach the people just enough how to run the machines, but not enough to critically think. So yeah, they taught us how to read. They taught us base, basic arithmetic and, 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 and false, uh, you know, stories of history while intertwining real aspects of it. But, you know, they taught us just enough to get us by, but not enough to where we can overpower them and over and outthink them. So while they taught us to read, they wrote the story for us to read. So it didn't matter how well, you know, we read, didn't matter how good our comprehension, our reading and comprehension was. They wrote the story. So it didn't matter how smart we were. It didn't matter how good of a reader you were. It didn't matter how good your memory was. It didn't matter on any of that. If they controlled the agenda and they control the story, they can control what, you know, they, they can brainwash you to believing whatever they want you to know and what they want you to believe. I want to play this little piece I found. I've heard it before. And I want to play it here. This is very telling. Give this a quick listen. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yeah. Hive-minded. People becoming lovers of, of, of lust. That's kind of where we're at right now. That's the communist agenda. See, they don't want the people of America to learn to be free. They don't want them to learn the real history of what's what's been going on all these years. Um, they don't want people to figure it out. But guess what? People are figuring out. Why do you think the corporate government wants TikTok banned? More people are understanding and figuring out what's happening. They're discovering that the Matrix does not have their best interest. In fact, they're figuring out that it is a Matrix. They're starting to figure out the truth. I mentioned this on a previous show about how back in January 10th, 1963, a congressman from Florida by the name of Albert Herlong he read a list of 45 communist goals for America into the congressional record. And the purpose of him reading it was to gain insight into the liberal elite ideas and strategies for America that sound awfully familiar today. Now, the list is attributed to uh, Cleon Skousen, which was a researcher and author of The Naked Communist. It's a book. And the list, I'm just going to read the list right off. This is very, very telling. 
And you tell me how close to this entire list we are or what that, that we've already seen achieve. Now, listen to this, starting with number one. I'm going to blast through this really quick. Number one, U.S. should accept the coexistence as the only alternative to atomic war. Number two, U.S., again, U.S., meaning the U.S. corporation, U.S. should be willing to capitulate in preference to engaging in atomic war. Number three, develop the illusion that total disarmament by the U.S. would be a demonstration of moral strength. Number four, permit free trade between all nations regardless of communist affiliation and regardless of whether or not items could be used for war. Number five, extend long-term loans to Russia and Soviet satellites. Number six, provide American aid to all nations regardless of communist domination. Number seven, grant recognition of Red China and admission of Red China to the UN. Number eight, set up East and West Germany as separate states in spite of uh, Kershev's promise, forgive me if I'm pronouncing that improperly, in 1955 to settle the Germany question by free elections under supervision of the UN. Number nine, prolong the conferences to ban atomic tests between the U.S. has agreed to suspend tests as long as negotiations are in progress. Number 10, allow all Soviet satellites individual representation in the U.N. Number 11, promote the U.N. as the only hope for mankind. If its charter is rewritten, demand that it be set up as a one world government with its own independent armed forces. Hmm. Number 12, resist any attempt to outlaw the Communist Party. Number 13, do away with loyalty oaths. Hmm. Number 14, continuing to give Russia access to the U.S. Patent Office. Number 15, capture one or both of the political parties in the U.S. I think they definitely have done that. That would be called the Unicami Party. Number 17, get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum, get control of teacher associations, and put the party lines in textbooks. Oh, they've definitely achieved that. Number 18, gain control of all student newspapers. Oh, they've done that. Number 19, use student riots to foment public protest against programs or organizations that are under communist attack. The success of these goals from a communist perspective is obvious. Number 20 in this list, infiltrate the press, get control of book review assignments, editorial writings, policy making positions. I think they definitely have done that. Number 21, gain control of key positions in radio, TV, motion pictures. Well, the CIA has definitely done a good job of that. Number 22, and we all know the CIA is part of the Nazi, you know, second and third reichs of the Nazis in Germany. Number 22, continue discrediting American culture by degrading all form of artistic expression. An American communist cell was told to, quote, and I'm quoting here, eliminate all good sculpture from parks and buildings, end quote, substituting shapeless, awkward, and meaningless 
forms of art. Basically put ugly stuff in the public square. Number 23 on this list of 45 goals. Control art critics and directors of art museums. And this is a quote. Our plan is to promote ugliness, repulsiveness, and meaningless art, end quote. Number 24, eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and a violation of free speech and free press. Number 25, break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV. See, this is what they're doing to destroy a nation. Number 25, break down cultural standards of morality. Oh, I already read that. Sorry. Number 26, present homosexuality, degeneracy, promiscuity, and normal as normal, natural, and healthy. Do you think they're doing that, ladies and gentlemen, with these books in elementary schools? Number 27, infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion. Discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a religious crutch. Now this, we can say, has been largely accomplished through the communist infiltration of the National Council of Churches conservative and reform, Judaism, and unfortunately through Catholic seminaries. <clears throat> they're everywhere, these people, these communists, they're everywhere. If you think your church is safe, think again. Number 28, eliminate prayer of any, excuse me, eliminate prayer or any phase of religion expression in the schools on the grounds that it violates the principle of separation of church and state. Number 29, discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs, a hindrance to cooperation between nations on a worldwide basis. Basically, what they want to do is replace our nation of laws, not men, with a royal decree emanating from appointed judges and executive orders. They basically want to replace elected officials with bureaucrats, and they've definitely done a good job with that in D.C., number 30. They want to discredit the American founding fathers, present them as selfish aristocrats who had no concern for the common man. Number 31, they wanted to belittle all forms of American culture and discourage the teaching of American history on the ground that it was only a minor part of the bigger picture. Basically, what they wanted to do is give more emphasis to Russia history, Russian history since the communists took over, basically obliterating the American past with its antecedents and principles of freedom, liberty, and private ownership is a major goal of the communist then and now. Number 32 of what was read into Congress. Number 32, support any socialist movement to give centralized control over any part of culture, education, social agencies, welfare programs, mental health clinics, etc. Basically, public ownership of the means of production would be the core principle of totalitarianism private-public partnerships. That's what we want to avoid, ladies and gentlemen. This is why we need to assemble our states. We need to, we need to get away from these freaking, these Kabbalist socialists. Number 
Number 33, eliminate all laws and procedures which interfere with the operation of the communist apparatus. Number 34, eliminate the House Committee on Un-American Activities. Number 35, discredit and eventually dismantle the FBI. Number 36, infiltrate and gain control of more unions. They're definitely doing that. Number 37, infiltrate and gain control of big business. Number 38, transfer some of the powers of arrest from the police, excuse me, from the police to social agencies. Treat all behavioral problems as psychiatric disorders, which no one but uh, psychiatrists can understand or treat. 39, dominate the psychiatric profession and use mental health laws as a means of gaining and coercive control over those who oppose communist goals. Number 40, discredit the family as an institution, encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Number 41. And by the way, back to number 40, that's definitely been done because the sovereign family is the single most powerful obstacle to an authoritarian control. Why do you think they try to promote pornography, promiscuity, easy divorce, abortion? They want to kill the family. They know that is the single most powerful obstacle that's in their way, the sovereign family. Number 41, emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of parents. Number 42, create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of American tradition. Number 43, overthrow all colonial governments before native populations are ready for self-government. Number 44, international, internationalize the Panama Canal. And number 45, repeal the Connolly Reservation so the U.S. cannot prevent the world court from seizing jurisdiction over domestic problems. Give the world court jurisdiction over domestic problems, and you give the world court jurisdiction over nations and individuals alike. And that, unfortunately, would mark a complete subversion of our Constitution and an end to a representative sovereign government, as we know it, which is the whole idea. Why do you think they're trying to get rid of, why do you think, again, COVID-19 came about? Why do you think all this stuff came about, ladies and gentlemen? This wasn't by accident. These people full well knew what they were doing. Now, earlier I was watching this movie I came across uh, starring Nicolas Cage called uh, The Humanity Bureau. First, I'm going to play the trailer and then I'm going to play one quick scene out of this. We'll discuss it a little bit and then we're going to close this out. But this is really interesting. The Humanity Bureau. This was released, I believe, in 2017 or 2018. It is crazy. Here is the trailer to The Humanity Bureau. Humanity Bureau case file 56672, Chester Hills, white male, age 73. Deportation is scheduled for next Tuesday at 9 a.m. As you know, across Humanity Bureau, New Eden will provide you with a fresh start. I'm no fool. I know the truth. I dined at the White House. It was a pretty good meal, too. Little enthusiasm for New Eden. Rumors of overcrowding and disease. Chester Hills said he knew the truth. Chester Hills is a sad old man. Rachel Weller, single mother, age 30, son Lucas, age 11. You and your son are to be transferred to the resettlement colony of New Eden. It's for the best. People are desperate, can't find clean water, soil won't grow food. Why do you want to stay here? This is where my son and I belong. This will answer all of your questions. My brother and his wife were deported to New Eden three years ago. 
fired from them since. What have we done? We have to leave. Take only what you can carry. Whatever Cross is planning, make sure he doesn't succeed. Anyone who approaches you will be hostile. We'll die if we head north. We'll die if we stay here. It's suicide. Let the revolution begin. Yeah. Now that movie, by the way, we I stumbled upon just today. It's called The Humanity Bureau. It's starring Nicolas Cage. And I normally don't typically watch a lot of mainstream movies. But when I came across that and I read the summary of it, I was like, wow, that's interesting. Talking about a dystopian society that took place in, get this, what year? 2030. In fact, let me read it to you. This is exactly what it says. Hold on. Just type this in real quick. The, excuse me. Let's see here. The Humanity Bureau. Summary. This is what it says. Yeah, it says right here, in the near future, global warming turns part of the American Midwest into a desert in its attempt to take hold of the economic recession. A government agency called the Humanity Bureau exiles members of society deemed unproductive and banishes them to a colony known as, get this, New Eden. An ambitious and impartial caseworker by the name of Noah Cross, who happens to be Nicolas Cage, he investigates a case appealed by a single mother and her son. Knowing the unjust fate of the innocent boy, Cross sets off to save the lives of the mother and child. And again, this was supposedly supposed to take place in 2030. And what's interesting about this is, again, if you don't produce as much as the government takes. That's why they would send you to New Eden. And once you go to New Eden, it's basically like an internment camp. It's a concentration camp. Now, a lot of people who would get banished there have no idea what it is. But the rumors with the people within this movie heard that, well, we heard New Eden isn't just a place where you can live. We heard it's a place that you basically get gas chambered and then they put you in a crematorium and they burn you just like Nazi Germany. They made references to social credit scores in this movie. They made reference to how things weren't growing anymore. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, you know, this whole war on carbon how they want to have zero carbon emissions. They want to create vehicles that don't do have carbon emissions. They, they want to do with cows because they fart too much because again, carbon emissions. Did you know there's a, a process? I believe it's called terraforming. I think it's called terraforming. Correct me if I'm wrong. Where they, and I think they do it out in Iowa or Minnesota. It's somewhere out there where they suck the, um, they have machines that suck the uh, carbon dioxide out of the air and they li it liquefies and they store them in these underground tanks. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know what happens when you take the carbon dioxide out of the air? Do you understand what happens with carbon dioxide, what it does? It's basic science. 
carbon is used so plants can thrive and grow. Angie was just saying here in the chat, terraforming California, they replace all green lawns with rocks and cacti. Wow. That sucks. But this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to control the food by making it scarce by getting rid of carbon out of the air so you can't grow food as good as we once used to being, you know, we were as we used to be able to. They want to kill the world's resources. They, they, they're doing whatever they can to kill our economic, uh, they're trying to do whatever they can to kill um, the way we live, in other words. I mean, listen, when greenhouse, when commercial greenhouse owners purposely pump carbon dioxide in their greenhouses for their plants, that should tell you something. That should tell you something. Plants need carbon dioxide. We are made of partial, we, a part of our bodies are made of carbon dioxide, among other things. Their war on carbon, when I say they, the elite that's trying to manufacture all this on purpose, their war on carbon is a war on you and I. Because again, we are made up of carbon as well. It's crazy. This is why it's so important to assemble your states, ladies and gentlemen. I want to play this one little scene. Now, the sound quality might be a little lackluster a bit because it, I did it from my phone. I couldn't find the scene online to get a cleaner audio, so I recorded it on my phone. So you might hear me uh, speak something on here, but listen to this one scene. It's, it's one of the uh, opening scenes of the movie where Nicolas Cage's character, Noah Cross, meets this elderly man living in a motel. Literally, you could tell he's living in impoverished conditions. This is the scene. Listen to this. This is it. You're not employed. These pay stubs are 12 years old. Is this why I drove 300 miles? That's right to an appeal. Last time I checked, this was still America. Land of the free, home of the brave. Well, it is, isn't it? I am here to help you. I am not your enemy. I don't want your help. <laughs> you have no right to come in here and tell me how to live. None whatsoever. Well, I'm very sorry you feel that way. But I do believe New Eden will provide you with the fresh start you so rightly deserve. But don't you want a better life? You have no income. You've exhausted all of your government benefits. How will you survive? You must be a productive citizen. It is the law. It is a crime to do otherwise. You're destitute, a burden to society. You have no grounds for an appeal under the rules of the Humanity Act. And if you don't agree to resettlement, I'll have no other choice but to have you arrested. I'm no fool. I know the truth. And what truth is that? This is a waste of time.
Mr. Hill, are you all right? I'm just Jim Dandy. This says to make America great. <sighs> citizen of the United States of America. I dined at the White House. God damn it! It was a pretty good meal, too. Chester, what the hell is... You little shit! Yeah, so that was one of the opening scenes of the movie. It's very interesting because in that opening scene, there was a couple things that kind of struck me that I noticed. So in that whole scene, that guy, he was an elderly man that Nicolas Cage's character, Noah Cross, was visiting. Again, he who works for the Humanity Bureau, telling him, look, we're going to have to take you to New Eden and recolonize you. Uh, Rita, the movie was called um, The Humanity Bureau with Nicolas Cage. And um, so he was there to basically review his case because the old man was appealing to the government, in other words, the corporate government, this the Stasi government. Because what they wanted to do is they wanted to take this elderly man to recolonize him from his place of dwelling and place him in this place called New Eden. Now, nobody knows what New Eden is except a colony. That's it. Somebody was asking if this was a new release. No, this actually movie, I think, was has been out since either 17 or 18. I can't remember. Hasn't been out that long, but it hasn't, it wasn't a new release either. And so in this scene, I noticed that this elderly man, he had a picture with Donald Trump. Now, again, this movie, again, was released in 2017, which I found very interesting. He he had a picture of Donald Trump. He had a poster in the background that said, Make America Great. Again, his hotel room, which I thought was interesting. This might mean something. This might not mean something. I don't know. But I found it very interesting that his hotel room was 223. My wife was like, well, so what? It's 223. I'm like, yeah, what year is it now? It's 2023. I'm like, isn't it interesting how that room number is 223? She goes, yeah, that is kind of interesting. Ron Raccoon Six was saying the seven year tribulation could start this year and end in 2030. Yeah. I mean, it's who knows what's going to happen. I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and prophesy. But what I do think is these Hollywood elitists, when they put these movies out, I mean, listen, they try to tell us in plain sight what they plan on doing by putting it out in the form of entertainment. So if you're interested in checking out the movie, it's called The Humanity Bureau, starring Nicolas Cage. If you have a uh, Vizio TV, I think, what do I have? I don't even know what TV I have. See, I don't even care about it, but um, I think it's a Vizio. 
but they got this thing. It's like free Vizio on demand TV. It's like old school shows like, you know, The Price is Right and Baywatch and crap like that. Well, there's a section on there called Movies on Demand, and they it's not like up to speed new movies, but they have older movies on there as well as somewhat newer movies. They actually got a good little selection, but, you know, you watch it for free and they, you know, they throw in an ad or two. It's no different than cable, except you don't have to pay for it. But at the end of the day, I find it very interesting that these things were in this movie. So basically at the end of the movie, as Nicolas Cage, his character was saving this mother and her son, which happens to be his son. The boy didn't know it. People had their suspicions of what New Eden was. The old man said, I know the truth. Even the little boy that Noah Cross in this movie was was uh, saving, even the little boy even said, I heard from some Native Americans that New Eden is a place where they gas chamber people that are unproductive in society who have low credit scores and they not only gas chamber them, but they have crematoriums there and they burn their bodies and they send their ash ashes away. And the mother is like looking at Nicholas Cage's character saying, please tell my son that this is not true. Well, unfortunately, when you got to the end of the movie, spoiler, I'm going to be a little spoiler here, but I still suggest you watch it. It's really interesting. Nicholas Cage gave something to this little boy and it ended up being a video recording because, again, his character is a corporate government bureaucrat, hence the Humanity Bureau. And it's basically a little chip that puts out a video saying what the new Eden was, saying that it's a 20 square acre property that basically kills you like if you were in Nazi Germany and burned you. Once that news got out to the rest of America, a revolution sparked up. The end of the movie was just amazing. I, if, I'll be honest with you. As I watched most of this movie, I was like, holy crap. What are they trying to tell us? What are they really trying to do? When it got to the end of the movie, all of Americans, see, here's what I got from that. Once the truth was revealed of what was happening, because again, they were instilling fear amongst the American public at large, keep them obeying, keep them fearful of big corporate government. Once they figured out the truth, the end of the movie was destruction for the corporate government. It was civil war. It was ugly. Cars burning, cities burning. But it, again, it was going after the corporate structure that was doing this. Now, you take what was in that movie, you tweak it a little bit. This is what we need to do, but in a lawful standpoint in the assembly, except we do it peacefully lawfully. You see, more people just need to be exposed to the truth of what the corporate government is doing. Now, we are not here to trespass on the government. Make no mistake, that is not what we do. 
we do things lawfully and peacefully. How we overrun and how we overpower the corporate government is with our strength in numbers as a body politic of we the people. Hence why I labeled this show, We in 2023. We the people in 2023 going forward must assemble together our 50 states to form this republic and to tell the corporate government your services are no longer needed. Go pound sand. Bye-bye. You're evicted from America. That's what needs to happen. Destry was just saying here in the chat, 10th Amendment, we the people have all the powers. It's the power of the state. States, states' rights. The only way we beat this machine and destroy this machine, ladies and gentlemen, is by assembling our states. There's no other way. If you think you're going to win an election in 2024, and if you're talking about 2024, and you're thinking Trump is going to be the answer in 2024, you're highly, highly delusional. I'm sorry, but not sorry. You're highly delusional. Trump's not coming back. He's not going to be your president, okay? He is commander-in-chief of the military, but he's not coming back as your president. If you think you're going to take the Republican Party and you're going to reform it and make it better, guess what? You're highly delusional. If you think that a bunch of Democrats switching to the Republican Party is a positive motion in the right direction, guess what? You're highly, highly delusional. What did we just read in that list of 45 goals that were read into the congressional session, into congressional record? Take control of both political parties. They've done that, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you understand what's happened? This is what it is. Somebody was just saying the Humanity Bureau is a Canadian movie. Look how crazy Canada has become. Yeah. That is interesting. The Humanity Bureau. It's probably why we probably don't see it advertised in America. Yeah. That, that is interesting because I noticed, you know, how they have the Canadian flag there toward the end of the movie, how they were trying to escape to Canada in that movie. That is interesting. But listen, at the end of the day, no matter what's in the movies, no matter what they're trying to tell us, no matter what they're trying to distract us from, no matter what we perceive to be reality, we need to remember one core thing. And this is very important, folks. God turns all evil and all evil doings he can turn it into good. He can take all things bad and use it for his goodwill. We have to remember God is in control. But we as a people have to trust in God. We have to get off our hind ends and work in tandem with God. See, God doesn't need our help. We need his help. 
God can easily wipe this enemy with a blink of, an, of, of his divine eye. But see, at the end of the day, we also need to participate in our own rescue. I think we've all heard that saying, God help them who help themselves. We have to help ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. We have to turn our eyes to God. We have to turn to Christ, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. But God's in control. We just have to turn to God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for a new day, a new year, at least so we've been told. But regardless, we thank you for this day and we thank you for another day of life and good health. Thank you for our family, our spouse, and our children. Thank you for the lessons in the book of Isaiah. Continue to be our guiding light as we continue to do our best to do your work by sowing seeds and trusting that as we sow seeds, you will shine light and water those seeds. It is not up to us to bang people upside the head to try to wake them up to what's going on. It is just our duty to sow those seeds. Whether it's through an act of kindness, spreading a little joy, testifying and being a testimony of how Jesus and how you work in our lives for the good and just by simply by being a good example for mankind of what we need to do to help one another to be good to one another so as we continue to do our best to do your will we just ask that you continuously help us figure out the truth more and more by each passing day by helping us with discernment so we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ, amen. And that's all we have for the day, ladies and gentlemen. Again, it's a bit of a heavy topic. It is a, you know, it, quite, quite frankly, it was kind of a, it was kind of a depressing one for my wife. She did not, I think she fell asleep because I don't think she really wanted to watch movies. She goes, oh, great. So this movie is not really going to, uh, make me feel good about our future. I'm like, well, hold on. Remember, this is a movie. You know, it's a movie. At the end of the day, the goal that we need to focus on is to give God all the glory and be so grateful to him for what he has done and what he has provided us. He will protect his faithful. Okay. So don't fear. Again, there's a reason why the Bible says it multiple times, over 360 plus times, depending on the version of the Bible. Fear not. Do not fear, ladies and gentlemen. Don't fear. All right? Do not fear. So I hope you all have a great day, a great night, great afternoon, wherever you're at in the world. Thank you for joining us on this first episode of the new year episode 405. Tomorrow we will be back here for episode 406. We'll be reading out of Isaiah chapter 40. We'll have another little discussion then. But until then or the next time, I hope you all have a great day. God bless you all.
Happy New Year. And we'll be back tomorrow. All right. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. And I really do appreciate all of you being here. God bless. No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in here at His Heart Line. Really appreciate you. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family. Just copy the link, shoot it via text. You could share it on social media. I don't care if you got to put it up in smoke signals. Just get it out there. And don't forget to check out the website, www.hisharline.com. And join us here every single day. We operate six out of the seven days a week. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't forget, sovereignty itself is of course not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, Sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. We'll see you back here next time.